Well, hello. Merry Christmas. Um, this is Alex Kapitko, Centered from Reality Podcast. It is uh, the 24th, so I guess that makes it Christmas Eve. Ho, 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 whatever. You know, hopefully your Christmas is good tomorrow. I have a busy couple days ahead, so I can't really complain about that. But I guess I love everyone too much because here I am, Christmas Eve, back with another episode. We can call this the Christmas special, the Christmas extravaganza, whatever you want to call it. But let's just plan on me not being here on Christmas Day. I really have no life if that's what I'm doing. But anyways, busy busy couple days ahead, so don't count on me being back until Monday. Probably going to put out a conversation with someone that I recorded last week, I guess it is. So that'll probably be the Monday episode, so I have that day off as well. But anyways, I guess I'll start by saying that... I was bored this morning watching football because football's all on Saturday because tomorrow's Christmas. But anyways, and I decided to do a BuzzFeed quiz of which White Lotus character are you from season one. Now, I'm more of a season two guy. I realized I like season two much more than season one, but I did like some of the characters in season one. So I took that and I got Mark Mossbacher. He's the dad of, oh God, what's her name? Coney Britton, Connie Britton's character. Um, the lady who runs like kind of the Google type of company. He's the husband who thinks he has testicular cancer, then finds out his dad died of AIDS, and he just kind of sits there at the pool bar staring into space, getting existential, staring into the void. But he tries, and he seems kind of likable. So I got him as my character. It said, you've made some mistakes in the past, and you've had to face some harsh realities, but you're trying to stay positive and have a new outlook on life. And I was like, I guess if you're using that definition, I guess that kind of sounds like me. So sure. So then I decided to do a BuzzFeed quiz for the second season of White Lotus. And I got Portia, the Haley Lou Richardson character, who I won't do any spoilers, but her character has some pretty exciting events happen in it. So I'm like, ah, I don't really connect with Portia. So I decided to retake the quiz. And I got Tanya, the lady played by Jennifer Coolidge, the really kooky, over-the-top one. So I don't really know which one is particularly better of the two, to be completely honest. But I guess I'm a mix of Steve Zahn's character in season one and Tanya, or Jennifer Coolidge, in season two. So not really sure what that says about me. But, you know, we can't all have nice things all the time. So anyways, I guess you could say that both of them are somewhat of existential individuals who are just really deeply thinking about their life and existence. So maybe in a sense, that's me. But again, Jennifer Coolidge, (laughs) I really hope I'm not that much like her character because, man, she is uh, a lot of work, I guess would be the way I'd put it. What What I will say, though, is I am glad I didn't get Albie, who's like the, I want to say the youngest of the three generations in the second season, He, if anyone who hasn't seen it, he's just like the definition of like a woke, young, Gen Z, millennial, kind of in that gray area, you know, went to Stanford, lectures his dad and grandfather about how The Godfather is a bad movie because it's all about toxic masculinity. He's always apologizing about all the grievances of our past. Uh, The one girl, you know, wants to be with him, but he's so just indirect and so unbold. Is that a word? that he just comes off as almost weak, and I'm just glad I didn't get him, I guess. That's something to look look up to something, to, something to somewhat celebrate, but take the quiz if you've watched it. See who you are. Let me know on Twitter. I wanted to mainly just give some thoughts on the war on Christmas today. 
mainly because Christmas is around the corner, and since the early 2000s, the conservative Fox News type of audience have been told that this is one of the biggest wars happening. So Trump was, again, going to fix that. He wanted people saying Merry Christmas again, and I just wanted to talk about that. But first, I did just want to specifically not wish Merry Christmas to one person. Like, everyone else, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, do your thing. But I want to make a special shout-out to Tucker Carlson, who I want to say I do not wish you a Merry Christmas. I hope you have a bad Christmas because he just has become... I think one of the most de- deplorable characters in American politics, in American media, like there's no bar for him to get worse. Like he will just completely just keep sacrificing all morality. And he, I encourage people to look up the transcript or watch the video basically of him. He did like a seven minute monologue after Zelensky's visit to the United States. And it was just about how poorly dressed he was and how he's a coward, and how the U.S. is weak, and he just showed me how shitty of a person he is. I don't care if it's acting or real. Either way, it just made me roll my eyes at this guy who is just a complete joke. And he's he's done a really interesting thing for the conservative right, where he's almost, almost like a Chomskyite, where he's very anti-U.S. military now. He's very anti-U.S. almost. Like, he always criticizes the U.S. But then he's also, like, a neo-reactionary and a far-right conservative. Like, he's, he's kind of mixed, like, Alex Jones with Noam Chomsky with kind of a Trumpian, Trumpian style of politics. And it's very confusing to me. And I, I'm just, it's just weird because he criticizes the U.S., you know, why do you think we're so good type of thoughts. He criticizes our military. We're all weak. China has a stronger military. It's very Chomskyite. But then at the same time, you know, he's anti-woke and he doesn't believe in social safety nets and he thinks liberals are all communist. And, and, and the guy has just become really deplorable to me. And it's a shame that his audience is so big because I really wish people could just kind of step back and understand just how much of a problem he is. But, you know, that's just, that's just the way it is. We can't have nice things. So we move on. And it, it is just interesting to see his transformation because I think it's probably one of the most notable and intense. So anyways, I just wanted to do some thoughts on the war on Christmas here. And I know that the war in Ukraine is kind of the main conflict that most people are focusing on. And yeah, definitely rightfully so. But, guys, I don't know if you've been aware, but there's another war that's been going on for decades now. And some people, especially the infamous Bill O'Reilly or Donald Trump or Jesse Waters, who kind of looks like a low-rent car salesman, they would argue it's a huge deal. And, of course, I'm being sarcastic here, but I'm talking about the war on Christmas, the greatest battle of our time, the biggest threat to American legitimacy, democracy, stability, and... You guys must remember this because, you know, Fox News is always focused on it. Sometimes they even talk about it when it's not Christmas time. And it was coined, I believe, by Bill O'Reilly, actually. And I think the general basis of it was that any specific mention of the term Christmas or its religious aspects was increasingly being censored or avoided or discouraged by members of the media or the government or the secular organizations or the public sector, whatever. It was basically like anyone who wasn't like a conservative evangelical was trying to silence Christmas or the religious side of it. And 
There was even a book that I remember seeing that came out in, I believe, the early 2000s, and it was called The War on Christmas, How the Liberal Plot to Ban the Sacred Christian Holiday is Worse Than You Thought by John Gibson. First off, like he should shorten up that name a little bit. That's a huge title. doesn't flow off the tongue. Maybe that's why the book has an 8% score on Google and like two stars. Maybe. I'm probably going to skip reading this one. It's old anyways, but... As I recall, Fox News focused all of its coverage on these issues, even though it was like July sometimes, they would still be talking about the war on Christmas, and I just don't really buy it completely, but I do think there are some things to to, to mention here, for sure. Anyways, I think the war on Christmas is kind of associated with political correctness, and... I guess, I mean, I think the only thing I have, I have really noticed is that more people say Happy Holidays instead of Merry Christmas. And look, not everyone is Christian. Not everyone celebrates Christmas. I don't think people say Happy Holidays because they hate Christmas. They're just trying to be inclusive. Like, I have a few Jewish friends, and I'm like, I, I think I was walking down the street in Chicago last year, and I'm like, I kind of like the Christmas lights. And they were like... Yeah, they're okay, but there's never, like, any celebration of the Hanukkah holiday or anything out there on the street, really. And so I kind of go, okay, I get that. Like, not everyone celebrates Christmas, and not everyone wants to just be like, oh, Merry Christmas, when they don't celebrate it. So I don't think people are pagans or heretics as much as, like, we do live in a diverse society, and so blah, blah, blah. But again, that can be misinterpreted as somewhat of political correctness. And, oh, it was probably a couple years ago now, but I remember coverage about... I think it was a Christmas tree being vandalized in New York, and Fox News covered it for about a week. And of course, that was the most pressing issue of the time. Of course, this was Obama's fault. I think this happened when Obama was president. And under Fox, you know, Obama made everything worse. Obama didn't like Christmas, even though I believe Obama's a Christian, isn't he? Um, But anyways, I, I mean, I think... I think this helps us understand, though, in a sense, why a lot of Americans think, or not a lot, but a, a percentage of Americans think that the, le- that the left is coming after Christmas, right? Because the right-wing media, like Fox, Tucker Carlson, Laura Ingram, those type of fun people, they're focused on the idea of Christmas being canceled, and those that want to cancel it are the woke left, and or the government, or Obama. And yeah, I mean, if you're someone who really likes Christmas... Sticking on the team of existentialism, I guess, uh, some people might look at that and go, God, is Christmas up for grabs now? What's happening? And yeah, I don't think Christmas is being canceled. People have a lot of freedom to celebrate it in the United States, but I just think this absurd message around it highlights all the perceived threats that have taken over the right that involves these things that just don't exist. And The reason I'm talking about this absurd piece of the culture war is because I want to know if Trump won it, because I remember that former President Trump adopted it as a major cause when he first ran, and maybe he was smart to do so, because I've seen that close to 40%, according to polls, of Americans did feel like politicians were waging some form of a campaign to take out religion from the holiday. Also, apparently, bringing Trump to power would also bring a victory to Christmas for everyone. Trump was quoted, I remember, as saying, if I become president, you're going to be saying Merry Christmas at every store. He promised this in, like, 2015, I think. He said, you can leave happy holidays at the counter. And after Trump's victory in 2016, Corey Lewandowski, his troubling uh, former campaign manager, said, you can say it again, Merry Christmas, because Trump is now president. And then once Trump was leaving office, he said, I brought back saying Merry Christmas. And... 
<sighs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I think that's kind of stupid, but it's definitely Trump like appealing to kind of the Christian base, right? And I guess like I kind of alluded to already is my my feeling is that people were never really afraid to say Merry Christmas. They just lost interest in saying it, and the country's becoming more secular, and people are just trying to be more inclusive. And so if you combine all those things, yeah, Merry Christmas might be going out the door a little bit. So, I, I mean, I, I guess you could say in a sense, maybe the right is not totally wrong to think things are changing, but I don't think it's this culture war canceling of Christmas because, I don't know, most people on the left, most leftists I know, unless they're like communists, they tend to tend to still celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or whatever else it may be. Winter solstice, whatever. And it feels like some people will still say it, should still say it. Others still celebrate Christmas but are less religious about it. Others want to be more secular and just say happy holidays. These all make sense to me because the U.S. is becoming more secular and the U.S. is a diverse country. And there's a really good Atlantic article actually that talks about how kind of the religious side of Christmas is actually probably on the decline. And that could be why there's a perceived threat from the group that used to have kind of a majority that's shrinking. And the article basically argues that the war on Christmas is winning, but more due to apathy and the holiday is just becoming more more secular, less religious for millions of Americans. And it mentions here in quotes, a real shift has occurred. In 2005, r- roughly equal portions of Americans told Pew Research they wanted stores to say Merry Christmas, and that they didn't care what stores said. But over the next decade, those numbers diverged. By 2017, less than a third, which is 32%, preferred Merry Christmas, while more than half, 52%, said it didn't matter. And then there was another like 20-so percent, a little bit less than 20%, that said they preferred Happy Holidays. And the article also notes that from 2005 to 2019, the portion of Americans who say their Christmas celebrations are strongly religious dropped from 47% to 35%. And it also just seems like Christmas has become more of a cultural holiday rather than a religious one. And I think this kind of speaks to a lot of trends we've seen in general, especially among younger generations, right? Like it seems like more people are either considered agnostic or atheist than ever before, I don't know if that's as much of a collapse of society or a digression of morals. I think it's just kind of the way things are. And in the article I mentioned, David Graham writes in quotes here, Millennials are more likely than previous generations to see Christmas as a cultural rather than a religious holiday, a reversal of how older Americans feel. And a 2018 NPR slash PBS NewsHour Maris poll, it's a mouthful, found that 53% of millennials prefer happy holidays versus 38% who like Merry Christmas. And I just think, in general, this is less of people opposing Christmas and just a change in perception about Christmas, right? And this is not the smoothest of transitions, but I guess it kind of works is, I think we're slowly, I think we're slowly becoming more of Europe, or at least Western Europe, places like France and Spain, when we're talking about what Christmas is like and what religious holidays have become. And so basically, my guilty pleasure, (laughs) I shouldn't be admitting this, is the show Emily in Paris. It's cheesy, not really good at representing French people, and it's as soapy and shitty as can be. However, I can't look away, and I'm actually kind of tired today because I watched about three quarters of the new season last night, starting at 10, so I was in, didn't fall asleep until quite late. And the reason I'm mentioning this is because 
A friend of Emily's in the show mentions that the French celebrate the summer solstice and many other holidays much differently than other countries. They also make a big deal out of the solstice at all these times. And as I was watching the show, I was just kind of thinking to myself, I wonder if people celebrate Christmas differently in France as well. Because I know during my time in Spain, yes, it's a very Catholic country in quotes, but they do things quite differently than the United States. And I think if you look at trends, at least in Spain, and I believe the same is true with France, they're more culturally religious than religiously religious, if that makes sense. They're more into the celebrations and the festivals and the events than actually the religious ceremonies that go with it. Yes, they have the... Uh, Dia los Magos, or they have, you know, Semana Santa, which are huge religious festivals. But I've under, it seems to me that the, a lot of Western Europe is more into the actual ceremonies and the cultural events rather than the actual religious aspects. And I think that's becoming true in the United States as well. And is that bad or good? I don't know. But I guess at the end of the day, it just more comes down to, is it cool that people are still coming together and celebrating a holiday? And yeah, to me, I would probably say yes. It doesn't matter if it's more cultural or more religious, but if people are coming together and doing something, I think that's more important. It shouldn't be about forcing people to celebrate it how you want. And uh, yeah, on that light note, I'm going to get out of here. I want you guys to have a happy Christmas, but I just wanted to do something that's kind of Christmas related, but also still in the political, cultural atmosphere. So take care. You'll find me on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, you know all the jazz. Bye-bye.